0: Hey everybody, my name is Joanne, I'm an alcoholic. I used to pay a lot of money to get my heart going like this. (laughs) It's hot in here. Um, I wanna welcome the five newcomers. Uh, This is the place, this is what saved my life one day at a time. I am forever grateful to Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, My sobriety date is January 31st, 1993. And uh, I walked into the rooms of AA, not thinking I was an alcoholic. I woke up this morning, I'll tell you, with a horrible allergies. I literally went through a roll of toilet paper, blowing my nose. And before I got sober, I wanted to tell everybody, because I was a big cocaine addict, it's like, it's allergies, it's allergies. So what does God give me? God God teaches me in my sobriety not to lie so much when I was out there. but i uh you know I'm, I have three I was born in a Catholic family, and you talked about more, thanks for your share, Kelly. It was awesome um, you know I, I grew up in a Catholic family, much different and um, I remember my father being um, he always was at the carnivals in the beer stand with the priest drinking, and I always remember my dad with a cigarette ray bans and a can of beer in his hand and uh in fifth grade, so I had two older sisters and they were perfect. You know, when the third Sprecher came along, they thought, oh, yeah, another. And I was not the other. I was way <laughs> on the other side. I'm only adding an alcoholic in my family. I remember really having anger issues and resentments and, you know, acting out behavior before I even took my first drink. And in fifth grade in Catholic school, uh, a friend of mine, Arlene, and I got so mad at our grades, uh, one of our teachers. We were in the bathroom, and literally, they had, um, back then, it a long time ago, they had steel walls, and um, we didn't write on the bathroom wall. We engraved on the bathroom wall, fuck Miss Chavez. This is Catholic school. And um, I'm in fifth grade, and they don't like that in Catholic school at all. And this is before I took my first drink or drug, you guys. It's crazy. And they called my sister to the principal's office, and said, um, you know, what's going on? She goes, well, she's a rebel. She's crazy, you know, because that's how I was known in my family. And, you know, it kind of only escalated from there. And I really, um, I think uh, that was the start of my mom and dad's relationship kind of deteriorating. And my dad ended up having a whole nother family um, in another city. And my dad just never being home. So I lived under my mom's rules and she was very strict, staunch Catholic. And I didn't like it. And I was just a rebel. Um, And so I went to public school and I just remember wanting to hang out with the cool people and it was all about, you know, smoking marijuana. That's how I fit in. And I can remember my first drink to this day. And my first drink, I got sick. I got violently ill. You think that stopped me? No, I'm sure it didn't stop anyone else. Um, And that's kind of how I fit in with everybody. So I moved out of my mom's house when I was in high school because I didn't want to abide by her rules. So I wanted to go out and smoke pot and do whatever I wanted to do. And she wouldn't allow it. And so I moved out and I moved to an apartment right on the beach and got a job. And I'm still going, still going to school and partying. And, you know, I grew up in the South Bay. So I grew up in Hermosa Beach and um, huge party town. And little did I know that all the bars that I drank at Hermosa, there was a Hermosa Beach Club right down the street. And I'd go lay out at the beach on Avenue C, and there'd be these, this religious group there. And they'd be sitting in this circle, and like, I'd be all hungover, like, on the beach getting sun. And then these people would stand up, and they'd be holding hands. And I don't know if they were chanting, because I really didn't want to get near them. And I found out it was a huge AA meeting <laughs> in Redondo Beach. Um, so A's always kind of been there. Um, for me, I never knew what I thought an alcohol was, was this kid roll gum in a brown paper bag with the, um, in the gutter. And I look around this room, and that's not what I see and that's not what I am. What I heard is, you know, I'm a total blackout drinker. I drank in bars. I had never in my life drank every day. Um, so probably in the 80s, I did a lot of drugs. Cocaine was a big thing back in the 80s. I'm kind of glad this is an open meeting because um, the cocaine is just like, it's a huge, it's part, it's a huge part of my story. And um, I did a lot. I sold a lot of cocaine. And in 1980 on Super Bowl Sunday, Hermosa Beach Police Department wasn't too happy that I was distributing this white powder from my apartment on the Strand. And they came knocking on my door. I was ready to go to the Red Onion in Hermosa yeah. Beach, or yeah, in Redondo- it was in Redondo Beach. Yeah, Beach from Birds, all those places. Um, so I was ready to go there. You know, I had all my little bindles ready and my OHA's little digital scale and they came knocking on my door. And so I looked out the people and they said flower delivery. And I went, oh, so, you know, when guys came to buy, you, you know, when guys came to buy drugs, they would always give you presents because they would want more. And I thought, oh, it's just one of the guys, you know, and I opened the door and it was a police department. They literally rushed in and, you know, said we have a warrant out for your arrest. And what I found out was, they had gone to my friend's house two minutes before and I was on the phone with her. And um, they said, when they knocked on her door, they said, who are you talking to? And she said, Joanne, where's Joanne? She's at her house. So they split up and they came over to my house. I'm like, oh, thanks girl. Um, and she ended up being my escrow. But um, so because I had all the drugs, I was literally um, facing a lot of years in prison. I had a kilo of cocaine. Back then it was a lot. Now, I guess it's not. I don't know. Um, I don't know what. Anyway, so I went to a place called Sybil Brand and spent like five days there. which was pretty miserable. And um, I got out and my friend, because she had very little on her, they um, told her to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. That was part of her probation. And part of her probation was not to see me. Like I was a big influence. Um, so, I remember um, in 91, I was um, diagnosed with cancer at Hodgkin's and I was going through this horrible cancer treatment. And it was so touching when they read that. And, you know, when he read that about the cancer, like, you know, it's, I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but, um, you know, I'm in my early thirties and I have this cancer and my friend Roseanne, who I got busted with on Super Bowl Sunday had said, you know, I'm going to go to this place and and I'm speaking. And I like was clueless of what, what that meant. And she says, um, so come, because I'm gonna talk about you and tell her story. And I'm like, oh, she's gonna talk about me. It's all about me, I'll go. And it was a huge <laughs> speaker meeting at Redondo Beach. And I remember walking in and she's up at the podium and she says, oh yeah, my friend Joanne's in the audience and she's going through cancer. Joanne, will you stand up? Stand up so everyone can see you. And I'm like, I'm sitting in my chair going, oh, my God. But she's telling this crazy story of, you know, of our using and drinking, and, you know, our insanity. And um, everyone was laughing at it, but then I'm like mortified, you know, standing up. So you know how after meeting people, you know, at, in the South Bay people would line up and thank the speaker and she, and I'm waiting to go home because I want to get the hell out of there. I want to leave that place. And she said, Oh, these guys will take you home. Literally these four old man in this huge Cadillac pile me in the car. And they're just jamming AA down my throat. <laughs> God, <laughs> <come away. laughs> I'm not like you. Um, and, uh, You know, what I thought an alcoholic was, um, was someone who drank every day. And um, and that was not my story. Like I told you, I'm a, you know, totally a binge drinker. And I thank God that early on, I heard an Alcoholics synonymous. It's not how much you drink and it's not how often you drink. It's a negative impact it has on your life when you drink. And that goes for drugs too. It's not how much you use or how often you use. It's a negative impact it has on your life when you use. And that resonated with me. Um, So, You know, I didn't want to hang out with Roseanne because she's sober. Who wants to hang out with someone who is sober? It's like, what fun is that? Hello. And um, so on uh, the day before Super Bowl Sunday in 1993, I one more time was at a bar. My thing was going to the bar and it was disco back then and dancing and, you know, driving the bike out down Pacific Coast Highway to my house and having a group of girls in my car and coming to the next morning because I never would I wake up the next morning. I would always come to. And um, I would come to and call the girl and say, oh my God, what did we do last night? Well, you drove, really? (laughs) And I'd laugh about it. And what I realized is God was watching after me all those times because I hear these horrible stories of what happens to people. And, you know, that wasn't my story. I mean, I came with a lot of dents on my car, didn't know how it happened. Um, So that one particular night I walked into this bar, it was called Cassidy's we used to call it catch a disease. And um, <laughs> so I walked in there and the last thing I remember is walking out with a cigarette and I didn't smoke cigarettes. And I came to the next morning and i called my friend and one more time said, what happened last night? She goes, I wasn't with you. I'm like, oh my God. So I said, you better come over. I, I think there's something wrong. And I don't know what that gut feeling was. So she came over and when she Walked inside my apartment. She said, oh, my God, there's car parts all up and down the street. I'm like, really? So we walked out to my garage, and there was my brand-new car totaled in my garage. I'm like, oops. <laughs> the uh, neighbor came down, and he said, did you hear that big boom last night? And I'm like, no, because I didn't hear it. I'm in a blackout. I caused it. I didn't hear it. So I guess what I did is I came home, and I hit two cars, and somehow – you know, drove down this very skinny driveway in this very skinny garage and parked my car. And, you know, at that moment, I didn't want to do this anymore. I knew the gig was up. So I, uh, I had a blind date and um, I went out, with <laughs> my, my roommate had to take me to, I think it was Tony's on the pier for this blind date. And I remember sitting there and because I took my car, I remember sitting there and I ordered a white Russian, and the guy went to the bathroom and I downed it. And the waitress came, got another one. He came back and he goes, um, Wow. He goes, Is that your first drink? Oh, no, it's my second. He goes, Oh, wow. And I go, You know, don't get to go to the bathroom. Because I knew at that moment he was not going to be able to keep up with me. This was, it was not going to work. There was just so many um, differences, you know. And I literally called my friends at come pick me up and here you, I don't have a car I told him my car come pick me up I gotta go you know and um and I called my friend Roseanne who had been sober for five years so she got sober in 1988 and I called her up and I said um can I go to that clubhouse you go you go to because she was always telling me about this clubhouse and um I didn't know what it was you know she goes oh you should just come with me you know very nonchalantly you know how we are with our friends that are drinking oh come on you know this might help you and So anyway, so you know how it is when one of your friends calls you up and says, I need help. You will stop everything. You will drop everything and you will go. And this was on a Saturday and she came, picked me up and she took me to a meeting at a place called Delama Hospital and it was a mental hospital. And I walk in and there's people sitting around the table with gowns on and they're drooling and I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) <laughs> this is not me and the second meeting that day she took me to a was an narcotics anonymous meeting and um, they were playing it was a game they had they were playing spin the wheel and you would spin the wheel and it would be a step and you'd have to share on the step and I'm like so they call me up there push me up there to spin this wheel and it was step four and I'm like I, I don't know what the fuck step four is and everyone kind of looked at me like I'm like really new yeah. so I walked out of that meeting I told my friend you know what that may work for you, but it's not gonna work for me. I cannot relate to those people. It's just, it's not, that's not, that's, it's not me. Um, and she says, can you stay sober tonight? She goes, I'll come and pick you up in the morning. I'll come pick you up at 6 a.m. I'm like, I am not even going to bed at 6 a.m., you know? Or you know how when you're so hung over, you hear that the paper hit the door or the birds chip and you're like, oh my God, I don't wanna hear that. You know, and anyway, you know, and I was willing, I knew the gig was up, you know, I was I was so willing. So she came, picked me up, and it was Super Bowl Sunday in 1993, and um, she took me to the Hermosa Beach Alano Club. And I remember walking in there, and half the room was smoking, and half the room was non-smoking, and I was a non-smoker, and the ocean breeze would blow the smoke from the smoking side to the non-smoking side. She says, you know, they give out chips at this meeting. I'm like, oh my God, cool. Chips, margarita, I can do this. There's a great possibility, Super Bowl Sunday. That totally makes sense to me. And... um, so I sat down, at, I sat down on the seat. She was smoking, so she was in the smoking section. I was in the non-smoking section. And I sat down, I thought I was talking to the president, of, or sitting next to the president of AA, because he's leaving the meeting. Like, I'm so clueless, it's pathetic, right? And, um, and I thought, oh, I'm sitting next to the most important person in the room. And um, so there, he says, well, it's time for chips. Are there any newcomers? And he literally pushes me out of my chair. And... Um, so I walked up to the front of the room and it was very, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, it was really, really crowded. And I walked up to the front of the room and they said, they gave me my chip and they said, who are you? And I said, Joanne. And they said, what are you? And I said, I'm a woman. Yeah. <laughs> and just like what you guys are do the whole room, was like totally cracking up. And I'm like, looking at me like, is my zipper down, my bra straps, what, what's going on, you know? And they go, no, you're an alcoholic. And I'm like, no, like Macaulay Culkin, no, Home Alone, no. And, um, you know, and I sat down. And And in that meeting, um, there were three guys who took chips after me. One guy took a 60-day chip. One guy took a nine-month chip. And one guy took a five-year cake. And these were guys that were big guys, huge guys. And all three of them were up there and they cried. And they talked about how they have found the answer and how life wasn't working for them. And I could totally relate to that but I was still kind of scared because I heard some of the stories, like at one part of the meeting I was laughing so hard and part of the meeting I was like crying because it's like, it was like all this insanity. And you guys were tell- saying things that I would never ever say in front of anybody. I mean, nobody. Um, I'll go back just a bit. As- <laughs> When I was in Catholic school and I, we were doing, I don't know if anyone here is Catholic and you talked about God in your share. And um, I had that thing about God when I walked into, because I did not have a good experience. In Catholic. This is my experience, but I really didn't have a good experience in Catholic school. And um, hence the fuck Ms. Chavez on the bathroom wall. But I, I was in third grade, I remember, and they were practicing our first communion. If You don't know what that is. You're in this little confessional. The priest pulls this little, door and you say your sins and we were practicing we were getting ready for our um, our our first confession I remember sitting there and I'm waiting and I hear the recess bell across the street from school ring and that's to go to recess and then I hear it ring again that's to go back to class and I'm still in this confessional and I'm like what is going on because what I was thinking in third grade I was, it was mortal sins. and I knew I was going to go straight to hell according into Catholic faith. I knew, you know, I, I was just a goner. I knew that. And um, so I peeked out of the confessional. Nobody was in the church. They had left me, I guess, Johnny was in the confessional before me and he got so scared, he peed his pants. So the nun cleaned it all up and left me in the confessional. So that's my first, my first thing about telling anybody, you know, all my, my sins or whatever. It's like, building. That was so scary. And when I came to Alcoholics Anonymous, I found it so easy. But when I came here, I heard you guys talk about this stuff when I was new and thought there is, I would never ever in my whole life say anything like this to anybody. I mean, that's not how I grew up. So that first meeting at the Hermosa Beach Alamo Club, mind you, I didn't have a car. My friend Roseanne took me. And, um, you know, I really, I heard the message about Alcoholics Anonymous. I kind of heard a lot of drama and some of the stories cracked me up. I, It was really, um, I was kind of curious, so I went back a couple more times, and um, my friend Roseanne took me, and then I started riding my bike down PCH, and it's winter, it's January, February, and it's cold, it's raining, but it was still, you guys are still piquing my curiosity, I just want to kind of find out what was going on, and um, I remember Roseanne had a sponsee, and she told her sponsee, her name was um, Sue. And she said, Joanne's gonna take you to work in your car. And then Joanne's gonna go look for a job. So she's gonna use your car. And Sue's like, oh, okay, you know, we are in AA. We're like, we're so giving, I don't know. I, I don't think I go to Catholic church and say, I'm an alcoholic and I just total my car in a blackout. Can I use someone's car to go, go find a job? I don't know how that would you know, work in, a, in the Catholic situation, but in Alcoholics Anonymous, it did. And um, so I would go, I would take Sue to work and I would go look for a job. And as I told you, I'm a cancer survivor. I was diagnosed in 1991. And when I back, went back from one of my checkups, the, um, the doctor, the, the office manager said, you know, the receptionist, um, the receptionist uh, went to Europe and she's not going to come back for something. You want to fill in for two weeks. I'm like, sure. So I'm living in Redondo and my um, doctor was in Beverly Hills. So, you know, I talk about these, a bunch of God coincidences or God shots in life. Um, I, um, I, so I didn't have a car, but I was getting my income tax back and I got like $4,500 back and I just happened to find a little Volkswagen Rabbit car for $4,500. Like how does that happen, right? So now I have a little car and now I'm able to drive to Beverly Hills every day to go, um, to, go to work. And so I'm feeling as a receptionist in this, you know, in the setting where I was cured of my cancer. And um, so I really loved going to the meetings, but because the drive to Beverly Hills was so you know horrific in the morning, I would get up really early and I would drive and I'd go to a place called the Log Cabin. Cabin, if anybody knows about that, awesome meeting. It's right there. I worked right there on Robertson and Wilshire, and I would go to that meeting. And you know, I mean, I, it doesn't matter what meeting you're at. I I I, I get the message, you know. And there's some great messages there. So I would go to that meeting, and then I'd go to work and I. I just started drinking chai tea, and I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. What alcoholic, what kind of alcoholic is that? But um, I remember being, at, being in the doctor's office, and the doctors would come in, and I'd be going, oh, my God, because I'd be so high after going to a meeting, and I'd be just so energized, and the doctors would be looking at me, and I'd be like, you know, just rallying, oh, we've got to do this. And they're like, Joanne, let us have our coffee first, you know? And that was the enthusiasm and the injection of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, And that's how I started my day. It's weird because when I was sitting around here tonight, I was going, oh, good morning to people. Oh, good morning, because I'm not used to going to diabetes. It's just, it's so weird. Morning has always been my thing. Um, So, you know, I worked for this radiation oncologist for about four years in in my sobriety. And um, the office manager, who's a really good friend of mine, I had my insurance company call me up one day and they said, why are you taking so many, um, what were they, not two and alls, um, the, not more, um, uh, not second all, not Percocets, come on, not, not on. all, I can tell you, sorry sure about, wait <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, my God. Anyway, some some red, whatever she kept on calling. She was what she was doing. She was calling the prescriptions in under all the patient's name and she was calling it in under my name. And so my insurance company called me up and asked me, why are you taking you know this? And I'm like, I'm not taking that. What are you talking about? And I turned her in to the doctor. Now, the doctor thought because I was such an A.A. zealot and, you know, I just love A.A. and I was on that pink cloud that you know, I was not telling the truth. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And we had a guy that worked for us in that department and he would administer the radiation. I don't know if anybody knows what you do when you, or you know, a family member, they give you this massive, it's a huge machine that they put on you. And they give massive doses of radiation. And the guy who was um, administering that machine, um, he would come in the morning and I could smell alcohol on his breath. And not that um, I'm a Karen and I need to say something, but when you're <laughs> laying on the table and you're getting burned by this machine, I think that, you know, the patients would want to know. Um, so I, I said something to the doctors about that, and they just thought I was, you know, I was like out of, out of my lane. And um, so I ended up leaving that job because I couldn't work under those circumstances. The girl ended up going to treatment. I don't think she's sober today. And that guy ended up um, dying in his car from alcoholism. Um, But in the meantime, I I was going to meetings and they were looking for a manager for a sober living home. And mind you, um, I walked into AA, I didn't know anything about sober living, um, didn't know anything about treatment centers. Um, And you know, when I walked into AA, like you're talking about God, when I saw God and the steps and the traditions, I'm like, this isn't going to work for me. This is the first thing I was saying, this is not going to work for me because the God I had was a very punishing God. Catholic school, and this is just for me, but Catholic school, it was very, very punishing for me. And um, they're saying, no, 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 it's a God of your own understanding. It's really easy. I'm like, how easy is that? You know, when you've been punished by this God. And um, at about, I think it was about 90 days, my aunt got really, really sick and um, she was dying. And we were in her hospital room I remember being around the you know uh go around her bed and i wanted to tell my family that i wanted to tell her i was sober and my my family's my sister and my mom's going no don't do that but i knew that she would have loved to hear it because my family doesn't believe um and not doesn't believe but was ashamed that i was an alcoholic and an addict you know i was really the shameful daughter and so when my aunt died when we were taking you know closing down her house and stuff they're very staunch Catholics, and they had all this memorabilia, the rosaries and crosses and everything. And after I got sober, I walked in there. I went, Has that been there all the time? And it was a serenity prayer on parchment paper. And, it, and I had been going there since I was a little kid. Did I ever see that prayer? No. But I get sober, and I see the serenity prayer. I'm like, that's so weird. And she had this little, um, you know, they kept on telling me early on, "Is you've got to find a God. You've got to find a God. And, um, you know, my resentment with God was so was so bad because of what I went through in the um, in the Catholic um, faith. My aunt had a little it was a little statue, probably about this big. And it was it's gold. It doesn't have a face, but the arms are extended like this. And I grabbed it and I said, this is my God. And to this day, almost 30, 30 years later, that God is still sitting on my dresser. So that was really easy for me. And when they told me how to find a sponsor, I'm like, sponsor, how do I do that? So here I am, I'm going to Beverly Hills. I get all dressed up in the morning. I'm sitting in the morning meeting in Hermosa. And um, there's this guy who I I came in one day and I'm sitting in one seat. There's a seat vacant next to me and we call him the barefoot pharmacist. He would come in barefoot and he would cross his legs and he would pick at his toes. How gross is that? So I'm new and I have no idea that I can actually move seats or I can actually get up and leave before the meeting ends or I can excuse myself and go to the bathroom because the only thing I'm thinking about through the whole meeting is I'm going to have to hold his hand when you say the prayers. <laughs> so I'm like, there, there's, there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. you know. And um, so I'm sitting in the meeting and I'm not hearing what anybody is sharing at all. There's, there's nothing going on. It's the only thing I'm concentrating on is holding this guy who's picking his toenails holding his hand for the prayer. And um, in comes Doreen. She always came late to the meeting. She kind of came floating in and she sat right in between us. I thought, oh, there's my sponsor. And that's how I found my first sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> I used say, God is doing for me what I can't do for myself. There were, I have so many gunshots in Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, the car thing, um, I'd gone with, uh, I was three years sober. My friend and I went to a sober club med and um, it was uh, right around Super Bowl Sunday. So I took my three-year cake in, uh, in, at the Sober Club Med. And we had, um, I entered a Super Bowl pool before I left. So we're in Club Med and I remember I had four $100 bills in my little wallet with a couple of credit cards. But at Club Med, you don't really need money. And um, so when I went back to the room one day, the four $100 bills were not my wallet. So someone in the, you know, one of the cleaning people are like totally taking, you know, the money. And I'm like, well, they must have needed it more than me. And I came back home and I'd run the Super Bowl for $400. Like, how does that happen? So there's so many God shots. So, you know, I'm, um, I quit the job in uh, Beverly Hills and there was an uh, announcement being made about they, they wanted someone to run a sober living. It was this place was called Serenity House. It was one of the oldest sober livings in the South Bay. And um, so I knew nothing about running. A sober living. I'd never been to a sober living, never been to treatment, you know. And so they asked for a sober resume, and I'm like, "What's a sober resume?" You know, hey, I'm sober," you know, and I go to meetings, I'm of service, and um, and I, I got this job, and it was for four hundred dollars a month. And at that time, I had a roommate, we were splitting the rent, and he was not working out because he was like not as clean as I was. And he was paying $400 a month and I asked him to leave. And here I get this job for $400 a month. So this Serenity house was in the red. They had one house with uh, four girls in it. And w- within one year, um, I had two houses with 22 women. And it was a thriving, thriving, silver living. And I learned a lot from those girls. It was um, It was a blessing. And one of the blessings and um, one of the sadnesses of Alcoholics Anonymous is someone, one of the girls got a resentment and talked to the board of directors and they let me go. So in sobriety, right before my 11th birthday, they fired me. Like I get fired from a job and alcoholics, I'm sober. Like I get fired, I got fired when I was drinking. I gotta get fired, you know, I gotta get fired sober. And um, what, what happened was that the board of directors didn't listen or didn't hear my side of it which was fine because, you know, when God closes one door, another door opens. And I didn't know that, I didn't realize that until someone in the um, community came up to me and said, "Um, you know what, you saved my wife's life. Here's $10,000, start your own home. How does that happen? I don't know. Um, And so I opened a place called House of Miracles and it was in Redondo Beach and um, it was a sober living and it thrived for 17 years. It It was like the best thing ever. So I'm um, I'm running a sober living home and I think, well, I want to go back to school because I really want to help the girls. You know, I really want to educate myself on drugs and alcohol. Um, so I went back to school and I got certified to be a drug and alcohol counselor. And back then you had to have five years of sobriety to do it. And I guess now you don't have to. I don't know. It's, it's good. Everything has changed now. Um, so when I was going to school, I had to do an internship and I interned at a place called... Um, torrance memorial which is now felma mcmillan i don't know if you've heard about the mcmillan foundation they're pretty big he's a millionaire has been in recovery and has donated millions of dollars to charlie street and ashland house out here and you know all kinds of places you know both of his sons died from this disease and um they both oh i went through that with them but anyway so i worked at i um i had to do an internship and for a whole year i worked at a uh, It was called Torrance Memorial Day because it wasn't Bill McMillan. And so for a whole year, I did an internship at at this place and um, they ended up hiring me and I worked there for 17 years. And, you know, one of the greatest gifts is to help another alcoholic um, and to give of yourself and being in the position where you're like behind the desk and listening to people and telling them that there's a solution and someone looking in your eyes and say, but I don't have a problem. You know, it's them, it's him, it's my job, it's whatever. Um, and sometimes you just want to ring someone's head and say, oh my God, life is going to be so much easier, you know? And, and you just can't do that. And I, I worked there and celebrated so many people's recovery. The most beautiful part about recovery is doing that. One of the girls that went through my house just celebrated 20 years of sobriety. And how awesome is that? What, what kind of a gift is that? You know, I am... Um, my... Yeah, my um, my big thing in Alcoholics Anonymous is being of service. One of the first commitments I had was um, the Tuesday mop girl. I would have to mop the floors in the Hermosa Beach Alana Club early in the morning. And i'd always get the guys to help me that's how i got to know everybody get the guys and girls we like to have this little, little little thing we'd mop the floors we go out to breakfast and you know that was that's it's the fellowship and that's the coolest part because when we speak the language of the heart you guys get me if i were to go to my mom or my sisters and tell them what's going on they look at me like i'm speaking german we're german we don't speak german you know it's like a foreign language to them but you guys get me because you guys can nod your head and you guys totally understand what i'm saying there is nothing I would not do today. Um, like I told you, I had the worst allergy. My friend that was going to come speak here, Shannon, she um, she called She goes, "You know, I have a little bit of an itchy throat." And I said, "Girl, you know, she's got a big birthday party come up." I said, "Girl, don't you know, stay home." She called me tonight. She doesn't even have a voice, right? And I wanted to. I wanted to call Tom and say, "You know what? I got this allergy, and you know, I just want to stay home. and cuddle with my puppies, my husband, and..." You know, and, and I showed up. But the greatest gift for me is I um I did online dating and I met a guy that um that I when I was in the South Bay, he lives out here in Laguna and we started dating and he doesn't drink and he's not in the program, but he just it's not in his wheelhouse, which I don't understand. <laughs> what how, how can drinking not be in any or drugging not be in any, anyone's wheelhouse? And, um, you know, I sold my house out in Redondo and moved out here with him. And I found a a group. I I tried a few meetings around and I found a group um, at the Do It Sober. And I go there every morning at 730. And um, I love it because wherever I go, there I am. And wherever I go, you guys have the same last name as me. And I don't know where you can do that. You know, I don't know. I can tell you guys, I have opened up more to people on Alcoholics Anonymous than I have my own family. My own family, you guys know more of my secrets and more of my um, insanity, but you guys get it and you guys adore me for it. And that's that's where the program of Alcoholics Anonymous helps. I will forever be grateful for what you guys have given me one day at a time. And I thank you for listening to me tonight.